We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk Sabres hockey. Let's get the inside story. Here's Sabres head coach, Don Granado. The Don Granado Show is being brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. By Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. By Roy's Plumbing, just call Roy's today. We'll take the worry away. And by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think of Town Ford. Now with head coach Don Granado, here's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Expecting Sabres head coach Don Granado shortly. So we'll see if we get the Sabres head coach calling in. Sabres and Blackhawks tonight, 7.30 is what we're looking for uh, for tonight's game. And it is a TNT game. So TNT, how about TNT getting a, a, a Sabres and Blackhawks game? Two teams that are not really... That great in terms of the standings right now. The Sabres are playing better, though, as of late. So we'll see uh, what we get, and we'll see uh, if we get a call here from Don Granado. So stay tuned for that. 803-0550, we will take your phone calls while we are waiting, though. On, I mean, you can on the Sabres as well, but this Bills game on Sunday against the Chiefs. I, I cannot stop thinking about the legacy and what it could mean for Bills fans if they were to win it. and at the, This is why the game is so big, I think. It's really for the fans what it means if they win. I mean, it's delirium if they win. It is, we finally slayed the Dragon, and I know they've beaten the Chiefs in the regular season, but the playoffs are just a whole different animal. And Ending their season when they've done it to the Bills twice. I mean, it would it would delirium. Exactly what it would be. And the flip end of that is if they lose. Man. I, I can't imagine. Man, I can. Because we've done it. We've been angry after these games. We've been heartbroken after these games. And that will happen again if they don't pull it out. But, you know, my confidence level is still pretty high that they're, gonna, they're not going to let that happen. Especially in their own building. They know what it means. They know who the opponent is. And, listen, yeah, 13 seconds. They really are 13 stupid seconds away from having a four-game win streak against this Chiefs team. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. They're the only team to beat Patrick Mahomes three times in his career. Yeah, all regular season, but everyone knows they could beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. And we had this conversation with Nate a little bit last hour, and we've had it with fans as well, where 
the Chiefs being down and the Bills being down a little bit too. Like no one would say these are the peak form of what these teams can be. We saw what they can be. 42 to 36, the 13 seconds game, back and forth, Tyreek Hill for 75 yards, Allen marching down the field, and then Mahomes and Kelsey bring him back and then win it. That was the peak form of both teams. I mean, had the coin toss rule been different, they might have just gone back and forth all night. This isn't that same thing. So, I don't know if we're going to get a shootout. I don't know because of the defensive injuries and the way Allen has played as of late. I don't know if we're going to get um, a defensive slugfest. We've seen some lower scoring games between them too. So, that's coming up on Sunday. But coming up tonight is Sabres and Blackhawks from KeyBank Center. Sabres head coach Don Granato joining the show today. Jeremy off. Don, good morning. Hopefully uh, you're staying warm. It's uh, cold out there. Hey, Joe, what's our forecast? It's it's, it's ugly downtown. The yeah. Today was complete whiteout downtown. So. Buffalo is crazy. It really, dip, a couple of miles. I mean, I'm looking out the window at clear skies right now, and I'm imagining, you know, around the arena, it's it's like a whiteout. It's a whiteout around the arena. And it's it's supposed to push in. I heard that uh, yep. well, it could be bad if it does. Um, but, yeah, so whiteout, the, the, probably one mile from the arena in. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to push back up towards where we are in, in Amherst here. Um, how, how's getting used to that? Over, it's been a couple years for you now, but weather impacting, not just day-to-day life, but, I mean, the team. I don't, I'm not sure how much it's impacted your team in recent days, but, you know, with practices, but it, it definitely is uh, something to get used to. Well, it, it did impact us the other day because we we did not have a practice day before San Jose and you know, I said I said in the uh, to the media in the, in the morning or the afternoon that the the scary thing from the coaching side is when the players have a day off, it usually takes until about the third or fourth drill in practice, which is about fifteen to twenty minutes in, before they look like themselves. Um, they're just clunky and and it, mm-hmm. you know tough. They, their feel isn't there. They're out of rhythm, and uh, you know that was the case yesterday. We took yesterday off just just because of rest or necessity. And uh, we have a morning skate schedule tonight, so that's imperative that we uh, actually skate this morning uh, mm-hmm. after a day off. Uh, it, it just helps the rhythm so much. Sabres and Blackhawks tonight, 7.30. Don, it's four of your last six in the win column um, and a few games on the homestand here back and forth. Where where do you just feel like the team's play is overall as of late? Um, it, going back to even those couple of road games that you won before – heading home here on this homestand, the, the team's play overall, um, you're getting good goaltending, I, w- I would even throw in there. So how do you feel like it's going? Yeah, I, I think it's fair to mention Oopi right away uh, because Kofakalukin has been very good uh, and solid. And he's been, you know, he's been good in, in times through, you know, this is a very young career so far, but he's progressively better and gotten better and better and better. And, you know, we're seeing him probably at his best right now. Uh, and, and really the, the, the nice part is the consistency, uh, which is a challenge for all young guys to keep it, to keep the throttle down and know how to prepare and re-prepare, you know, not get too high and get ready for the next game, not get too low to get ready for the next game. He's, he's done a very nice job of that uh, and continues to improve. So, so that's been a big one. As far as, 
I would I honestly wouldn't even really realize we were four and two over the last six because your focus is just on the next game, mm-hmm. knowing knowing your urgency. Uh, everything's urgent uh, when it comes to winning. You just need to win and need to win as much as you can. Uh, obviously, in this league and in the situation we're in, so um, you know, we're just dialed in right to tonight. I think the start of this homestand, it was a six-game homestand, and I said to the media, it's just we just need to focus on the next game. Yeah, uh, it takes. It's, it's too much. To, you get too far ahead of yourself in, in a league like this. You're you're, you're causing your own problems uh, in pro sports, and it's the case here as well. It, it might be along the same lines here, but how, how do you feel? Like, is it any different from what you're seeing? The the way the players are operating in that way because they they, they talked about it right at the end of last season and coming into this season about the expectations getting ramped up and playoffs being talked about more often. So it's it's you know. You, I'm not even sure if any of the players look at the standings day to day, but when it comes to that mindset that you just talked about, do you feel like this year is any different for how the players are reacting to past years when there might have been a little less pressure? Uh, it's, it's dramatically different, and and it's it's no different though than what every team in the league is going through that is on the cusp of being in or out of the playoff. It's the same dynamic, and and you've got to. You know, you've got to learn to deal with it. It happens in football. We all know that, and it's in in, in any pro sport. So it's new territory when you 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 expect yourself uh, to to be in the, you know to get into the playoffs. You expect that you can do that, and 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 that is a whole nother. It's 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 a different. You know, I say we needed to get to this level for this reason. We've got to learn to deal with that type of pressure and block it out and know that, hey, the, the only thing that really matters is what you can control, and that's the next game. And lots of times you get distracted on that. You get too far ahead of yourself or you dwell on the last one. And, um, again, but this is, a, this is a thing for every team in this league. Uh, experienced, inexperienced, it doesn't matter. Every year it's, uh, it's a challenge with especially those teams that aren't, you know, don't have the forgiving depth uh, of maybe a top mm-hmm. five or six team in the league that just, you know, can, can turn it up. Uh, for 10, 15, 20 minutes in a game and get a win. Um, I think 25 other teams can't do that, and, and this is a challenge for all of them. How, how do you feel, Rasmus Dahlin specifically, with some of that? I was look, watching him in the Seattle game, uh, I think it was a week ago yesterday, where there, there was a moment there, I think in the second period, where he was hot. And he made a comment the other day about not joining rushes as much right now. He's trying to be more responsible um, or take more responsibility, I think is the way he put it, in the defensive zone. So for him, like how, how has his balance been, and for you, of him normally you know, being so dangerous when he does jump into the play versus the defensive part and mentally? So like how, how is all of it for him right now, do you think? Well, I, I would only be concerned with Dahls on the, on the psyche side. Uh, he puts a lot of pressure on himself. Um, you know, you, we definitely want him involved in the offense, uh, but there also is a balance in situational awareness. What's the, what is the situation? What's the shift length of guys? Are guys changing behind you? Do you guys need a change? Are the top players on the other team on? Uh, are we up by two? Are we down by two? You know, lots of different things factor into that. Um, and I think for Dahls, as he goes through his career, he, he's improving in all those, you know, that recognition, that situational awareness. Um, we ask a lot of him. Um, and he is an ultra competitor, as we've come to know. And and his 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 blessing is his curse. He's ultra competitive. So uh, lots of 
you know, players have to learn to balance that out and, and not play frustrated. You get frustrated, you just can't play frustrated. Sometimes that gets the best of dolls. Sabres head coach Don Granato on the West Her Hotline. I wanted to check in with you on, on Zach Benson's season so far. I mean, he it, there's not really, you know, there's nothing flashy to talk about really in a great way or a bad way, I, I guess. Like, it just feels like, I'm not even saying that as an insult, Don, it just feels like night to night there's a consistency there. Would you ag- agree with that? Or in general, how do you think, you know, his year is going on as an 18-year-old? Yeah, you you if you watch him really close, you can't nothing but appreciate him. He 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 has he does lots of subtle little things that make life easier for the other four guys on the ice. He has such a game and situational knowledge, uh, way way beyond his age. Uh, he just has it. He's he, he's got it. It's the it factor when it comes to feel for the game and situations within the game where a puck needs to be, how he can support a puck. And then a real knack for being feisty around pucks. He he's slippery, intuitive. Um, he, he can go in battles with guys much much bigger than him. And he's if he doesn't come out with a puck or make the play he wants, he he has an incredible ability of denying them from making the plays they want. And he and he can calculate all that in an instant. So uh, really a very very talented guy that. You know, we haven't seen him score a lot yet, but but there's no question that will happen. It's only a matter of time, but he brings so much more to the table, and that's why we wanted to keep him this year. It wasn't because we thought he could score a lot this year. Um, that would We figured that's a bonus, but he knows how to play the game the right way, and he can play with our most talented players uh, and, and make their lives easier, and that's what he does best right now. And, and on his line, we saw a little bit with you know some injuries here. Um, we saw a little bit of Jordan Greenway move to center on his line, and we at least had not seen that much in the NHL level. I don't know if he ever tried it in Minnesota, but did you did you already have in your head that, that something maybe you wanted to see uh, had the situation arise with Greenway switching or moving positions? Uh, I, I did. I just never wanted to do it too soon, and. You know, when I look at our centermen, it's it's Thompson and Cousins and Middlestead really as one, two, and three. And any particular night, whoever's hot is probably the number one guy, uh, and or or different matchup. Whoever the other team is matching their third pairing D against is probably going to be scoring that night uh, of that trio of centermen. But Middlestead has proven very effective up and down the walls as well, and so. Shifting and the other night I shifted Middlestead even to the wing with Greenway uh, to just buy Greenway some time to um, you know to get better acclimated with the center position. Middlestead's already pretty well acclimated because when when we have injuries like we do now with Skinner out, uh, it it kind of it takes us out of a more scoring third line, a scoring threat on the third line, which is okay because you've got Greenway and you know you can shift like Poso, Robinson, Gergensen's. Uh, one of those guys in a slot there, and you got a little more grind and a little more wear on another team with, with that. And, and that can then in turn help, you know, the, the, the Thompson or, you know, whoever it is up on the top two lines uh, with a little bit more grind. So a little bit more versatility if we uh, can make this work. And we're, we're obviously, uh, it's not hurting anything doing it. So we're, we're uh, a little bit of experimenting, but I think it's uh, something we'll use uh, more and more now. 
Sabres head coach Don Granado. Don, best of luck tonight against the Blackhawks, and uh, stay warm. I, ho- I hope everyone's able to to get some work in practice-wise before. I know it's probably tough to get down there right now. Yeah, and everyone stay safe. It, it, uh, like I said, it was ugly coming in, but thank you, Joe, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, Don. Don Granado on the Western Hotline. Sabres in Chicago tonight, 6.30 puck drop uh, at KeyBank Center. And if you are going to the game, that means that you'll have a chance to get the hot dog of the day. Chicago. There's got, I don't know what it is. I've never been to Chicago. It's one of the cities that I would that is on my list that I, I want to go to at some point. Uh, Boston was top of my list. I got that done last spring. So we'll see if I where and I can get to Chicago, but I got to imagine there's a Chicago dog. There is a proper Chicago dog. There's got to be. A proper Chicago dog is an all-beef frankfurter, such as Vienna beef, in a poppy seed bun topped with yellow mustard, neon greens, sweet pickle relish, chopped mm-hmm. with chopped white onions, tomato slices, a dill pickle spear, and Ooh. pickled sport peppers and celery salt. Listen, you had me on all of that until you got to the tomato slices. Yeah, the tomato, it looks weird. out of here. It looks really weird. Tomato, I mean, I guess, you know, you put ketchup on a hot dog. Why not tomatoes? But, nah, I just, no. Not even tomato slices. If you told me, and, and I guess you can you can do this, and maybe it's still a Chicago dog. I got, it's got to be like tomato, like diced tomato. It's the only way I'm doing it. Are you just not a sliced tomato guy? I, or? No, I, it weirds me out. I don't oh, know. Really? Because <laughs> you'll get that one bite of just like the snot in the middle of the of the yeah. tomato. I hate that. I hate the texture of it. It just ugh. I feel no. like it's got to be a variation of this though cuz like Chicago's known for this hot dog. Man, you weren't kidding by the way. I just looked up a picture of a Chicago dog when you said neon green uh oh, yeah. relish. It's like, like unnaturally green. Yeah, it's, it is it looks like the the when when Homer goes to work in the Simpsons when like the the green of like the nuclear like waste from where Homer works like that's that's the green I was also that gonna, I'm picturing I was also gonna say it looks like when like restaurants like make St Patrick's Day stuff and they purposely make stuff that's not green green yeah like yeah unnaturally right. green yes it looks exactly it looks like St Patrick's Day a St Patrick's Day hot dog just because of the neon <laughs> how neon it is but. Chicago dog. All right, that's an easy one, right? That that's got to be it, hundred percent. No, no, no more. I would love to see confirmation from. Uh, we we love when fans get connected here and uh, pass along what it's going to be. But I gotta think that's what it's going to be. So no Connor Bedard tonight. Broken jaw, six to eight week injury. I feel like that was part of the reason maybe why this game was planned for TNT. Like Connor Bedard, Bedard Tate oh, Thompson, sure. Rasmus Dahlin. Like I don't know. Like looking at like the scheduling aspect of it, that would make the most sense. But while we're on hockey, just for a moment, because we're not going to do much more. I mean, this is probably it for hockey for the rest of the day. I mean, unless if you want to call in and you got a thought, then we are will we're gladly taking it. But we're going to get back to Bills and Chiefs. While we're on hockey, though, it is nuts what Sam Reinhardt is doing in Florida right now. It's crazy. I mean. He was always a really good player for the Sabres. The guy might score 60 goals this year, though. I mean, come on. He never he never had two seasons combined for 60 goals with the Sabres. He's got 32 on the year. He's already one off his career high. And he's only played 43 games. 
His next point is his 500th NHL point. Okay. He has scored a goal. It looks like he scored a goal in seven consecutive games. In Reinhardt's last seven games. Yeah. He has nine goals. Nine goals. Dylan Cousins has seven goals on the season. Reinhardt has nine in his last seven. And if I expand that out to his last 11, holy cow. He's got four, He's got 13 goals in his last 11 games. Speaking of Sam Reinhardt, he is going to the, AA, or the NHL All-Star game. Did you see the All-Star game jerseys? I saw the front of them because don't with look at the just, back. Justin Bieber designed them, right? You don't look at the back. It the back it's is atrocious. bad. Really, the name is on the bottom, and the letters the of the name are in lowercase. It. Uh, I'm not no ruling out that I could like that. No, it it looks like someone made it in like a Microsoft PowerPoint. Oh my goodness, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, this is like Comic Sans. Yeah. It's like this Comic is, Sans grew up and went is, to college. This is, right, someone was late to a project, their school project, and they had to turn it in in like 30 minutes, so they just they just whipped this together. Holt, what the? There, there, it's a black nameplate also yeah, on a blue jersey? Name. Yikes. Also, the numbers, I don't know why, but they look like NASCAR numbers. Like, it looks like they belong on the side of a it, race I, car. I, I, I get that. Yeah, NASCAR numbers. Man. That is that does not look great. The back of it, the, I like the front of it. It's but, I don't know. The front's not bad. I say they got to bring back like the the year that the old Campbell Conference ones. The, no, no. Well, I like those, but the year that Brian Campbell, Dan, Danny Briere, and Ryan See, Miller went to the All Star game. I, I hear you, but we're why are we doing that? We're only doing that because that that's when we were eleven years old, and that's yeah. when you love sports the most, and all your guys were there. So those you're gonna like those jerseys just because of that, probably. Right? But they, they were those so, actually like the, good jerseys. The white and the red looked so clean, like for the Eastern Conference. Like it looked so nice. Yeah, they had a good old school looking yellow one when Oposo went like five years ago. Anyway, Sabers and Blackhawks tonight at seven thirty TNT game. So the only place to hear Dan Dunleavy, Rob Ray is right here on WGR. We'll have pregame starting at six thirty. Okay, back to football when we come back. If you're on hold, stay there. Tom will start with you. And we've got open phone lines to get in after Tom. Uh if you want to jump in on on Bills and Chiefs this Sunday. How much of it is a is a legacy game for you? For for the Bills, for Allen, for McDermott. I mean, there is so much on the line. For even just for narrative's sake, let alone, you know, for fan psyche's sake. We'll get back into the, the matchup coming up. Uh, also, reminder, Howard Picks the Bills normally would be coming up next um, when we shift things to, to Wednesday with the game being on Monday. Howard's going to be in tomorrow, though. So tomorrow at 8.30 for Howard Picks the Bills, if you're wondering. So 24 hours from right now. Stay tuned. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Back to your phone calls when we come back. Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy off today. This is WGR.
Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Hmm. A reporter forgot that uh, Detroit plays in a dome. Hmm. Todd Bowles. It is a fair question, though, because like there's been a lot of just crazy weather. Like, I, I like that you're trying to defend the reporter. I don't think it's a fair question. I mean, just just like in the terms of like getting confused of like, oh well, Buffalo had three oh, feet I, of snow. And, that's true. And Kansas City had like frigid temperatures, and and oh, yeah, Detroit's probably also cold. In terms of weather, would you prepare? Like, would you get try to get them used to the cold? Like, what are you going to play in a refrigerator or practice <laughs> in like a freezer for the week? When you're playing indoors in Detroit. By the way, for all the... Tom, we'll get to your call in a second here. For all the talk of, you know, all the, the Bills game wouldn't have been postponed if it had a dome, which we all know is silly. I saw a really funny tweet last night that, uh, man, if, if just those all those Buffalo schools had a dome, they wouldn't have been closed today. It's just the stupidest narrative ever that the dome is the reason why. Can we build a dome over western New York that, like the right. Simpsons? If you want to do that, then, then that would work. Um... But Detroit is the only, well, two. Is it Minnesota and Detroit are the only two domes in, like, the snow states? Pittsburgh doesn't have a dome. Foxborough doesn't have a dome. MetLife in New York doesn't have a dome. The Bills don't have a dome. Cleveland doesn't have a dome. Cincinnati doesn't have a dome. Philly doesn't have a dome. Indy's probably the closest, but that's not even really. Indy, but yeah, they don't get a lot there. No, the the Eagles I just mentioned, um, yeah, none of none of the snow teams, Seattle, doesn't happen. So Green Green Bay, I mean, they have Lambo, so they were never replacing that. There's, there's a reason for that, isn't there? I mean, who has the domes? Atlanta, and New Orleans, and Los Angeles, and Houston, and Dallas, you know. Uh, I don't. I, we could break down, I'm sure, and figure out why that is the case, but I'm sure there's a reason why. Everyone that thinks that the Bills should have a dome, I don't think it's a coincidence that most of the domes in the NFL are in the South. I don't know. Again, I could probably try to figure that out. But let's get back to things so here on a on a. It's a snowy Wednesday, and I can now say I see snow here in Amherst. It's light, very light, but it might be just the beginnings of the uh, of the storm starting to shift north. If you want uh, updates on closures and driving bans, head over to our sister station, WBEN. And reminder, if you are uh, looking for Howard Picks the Bills, um, which you might have thought was coming right here, that's going to be tomorrow at this time, 830 Tomorrow, uh, for Ad- Howard Picks the Bills, brought to you by Admar Construction and applies equipment you need when you need it. Okay, to the phones. Tom and Albion's next up. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing? Morning, uh, good. So, uh, first of all, Tom Picks the Bills. All right. I wanted to encourage you to get down to the game and try a Chicago dog. I- I'm a yeah. Jets guy, and for the first time about a year or so ago, I had one in Chicago when I was visiting on the recommendation of a friend. Uh, completely different. It's boiled, and when it's done properly, you get a really nice pop as you bite into it. And the okay. celery salt is a th- and the relish are what really make it great. So I would encourage uh, 
those of you who are heading to the game, which I hope to be doing to uh, try one tonight. Okay. It, okay. Uh, it pops is the way you described it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, it should come right out of the boiler, and uh, it's really, uh, really delicious. All right. Thanks, Tom. Uh, and yeah. hopefully the Bills are going to win. Um, we, you know, we're sort of blessed uh, with and uh, cursed with our current regime because they're a really good organization. And I, I go back and forth on, on whether McDermott is a great coach or an obstacle. And, and yeah, uh, he, he, they've done so well that I don't think we would ever change that, but I'm hopeful that we'll get over the top this time. I th- Thanks, Tom, for the call. I, I like the, your, your comment at the end there because that's, that's how I would describe myself on Sean McDermott is I go back and forth on just him in general as a coach. And I think I think my struggle is I think I've landed in a place where, oddly, my confidence in Sean McDermott has grown when it comes to X's and O's, scheme, fourth down decision making, and it's lessened when it comes to culture. Because what do you think of McDermott as as a coach? Like what's what's his thing? It's it's about building the culture of the team. But I got a long, in-depth, 25 sourced article from Tyler Dunn that if you read the piece, it calls into question the culture of the team. You know, especially the coaching staff and how that has been operated over past years. So, if anything, like for me, this might even highlight that some a belief that I've had for a long time that culture is just whether your team wins or not. You know, for the most part, if you're winning, then you're going to have a good culture. Usually, I know there's extreme instances where that's not true, but for the most part. So, I where my confidence is is not really there right now is that part of it because of what Tyler Dunn had. And wrote about versus when it comes to his defensive scheme, total confidence, the play calling on defense. Has he made, is it one bad play call defensively all year? I mean, I'm sure there are more than that, but that we can think of off the top of our heads. The blitz against Denver at the end of the game. Is that it? In like a big spot? Is that the only real bad play call we can remember all year? Play calling, I have total confidence. And offensively, they are still throwing the ball at will. They still are. They're letting Allen run more. You know? They are trying to get Diggs involved as much as possible. Like, offensive, and, and still, even, even you know, it, though it's a little bit different this year, they never go all the way out, ground and pound, except in the Dallas game where they kind of got into that, you know, as the game went on. So the offensive identity, I'm still good with. Total confidence there. And I've definitely grown in my confidence when it comes to Sean McDermott and game management decisions. And specifically on that, I mean, when to go for it, when to kick a field goal, when to punt, you know, when to challenge, when do you... Timeouts is still a little iffy for me, but the rest of it, I've grown in my confidence for him a lot. Third in the league this year and knowing when to go for it. So X's and O's, confidence for me, especially defensively. Scheme, especially defensively, but also on offense right now. The willingness to make the firing of Ken Dorsey. You know? 
I can I can appreciate that. The only place I really don't have a lot of confidence right now is the culture. And for me, I don't really care that much about that. All right, 803-0550 is the phone number. Ken in Buffalo is next. Hey, Ken. Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh, thanks for uh, doing your part on this uh, snowy day and, of course, for taking my call and for, of course, uh, enjoying such a good discussion. Uh, I just want to say, obviously, this is a, a good time to um, to be playing for the Bills, needless to say. But there are a couple of points that I, I want to highlight that uh, have come to light in recent weeks as it relates to our, not, not just our passing game, but our passing threats. Uh, we've seen how the Bills have struggled in some instances with, with tight man coverage underneath, but you know, using some adjustments against Miami with different looks, different stack formations, et cetera, obviously gave them some advantages so the passing game opened up. And then again, we had some sex, success, pardon me, against, um, in, the, in the latter game, against uh, this playoff game we just won. But on the point, we need to find more opportunities to get Shakir and Deion uh, Hardy, uh, Deontay Hardy touches in open space. These guys are punt returners by trade. And if you notice, when they get the ball in the open field, they make it difficult for the defenders to bring it down. Against Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm alluding to the, the playoff game. And when Shakir's touchdown, the, the announcers called it the play of the game. He broke an open field tackle, and then he throws a move on the safety and runs right into the end zone. I mean, we could look at that play and realize that touchdown would have been a house cross move was anywhere on the field. Mm. Okay, that's how good he is. These guys are great open field runners, as did Hardy when he caught the pass underneath. He turns it upfield and gets, turns it to a 34-yard game. He, in my view, is like a poor man's Tyreek Hill, with all due respect. Not in the wide receiver sense, but Tyreek Hill earned his, his stripes as a punt returner. These guys need more touches in the open space. They make it difficult for defenders to bring them down. And like punt returners, they are attuned to the idea to not just get the ball and run in the open field, but to run upfield. We should find more ways as alternatives. When we hit digs and get Kincaid and Cook going, these are some great options that we should be looking at because not, Dawson Knox is too unreliable. He drops the ball. He's inconsistent. The same pass he caught a touchdown on, he later drops and throws us out of rhythm. So we need consistency, and I think these guys need more shots. Secret weapons. Shakir is far from a secret, but what is yeah. secret uh, d- dimensions are, we should exploit that. All right, thank you, guys. I'll pause and let you chime in accordingly. Yeah, no, thanks, Ken. Good good commentary. I, I Man, I like the idea of Shakir and Hardy. Um both getting looks on the field, maybe at the same time. I mean, Hardy, how much did Hardy play on Sunday? Because that reception he had, and combined with the reception that Shakir had, like I'm thinking as you're talking all about yards after catch, and that's been an element that's been missing for so long in this Bills pass game. And they do have two guys on the roster that are very good at it. And at least one is getting on the field and performing consistently. Hardy, meanwhile, you know, he gets a snap here and there. He gets a look here and there. But you saw on display, but go watch that rep again, even from the TV broadcast. You don't need the All-22. The All-22 helps, though, because you get to see the route. Pat, he's being covered by Patrick Peterson there. And that matters here, too. Peterson's an older corner and not nearly as agile as most corners in the league at this state. But, man, he just didn't have a prayer of sticking with Deontay Hardy on that route. Hardy had five yards of cushion on the comeback. And then once he has the ball with time and space, that guy is dangerous. He and Shakir. So, you know, maybe at this point in the year, and if Gabe Davis is able to come back, you're not going to see a lot of looks from Hardy. But remember early in the season, 
They manufactured touches for him. And it didn't go great. But they're still doing it out there, but they're doing it with digs. And those bubble screen routes, those... I mean, really, it's a lot of the screen game at receiver. They're all going to digs right now. And after seeing what Hardy did on that one play to Peterson, what he did in the punt return the week before... You know, I'm back to wanting to see him just get a look here and there. I don't need him playing more than Shakir. I don't need him playing more than a dozen snaps. But, yeah, I think he's a weapon that can be utilized. He played 14 snaps, by the way, on Sunday. And that, you know, Davis being out matters here. It was the most he had played since before the bye week. 8030550 is the phone number. If you're on hold, we'll get to you when we come back. Uh, we've got Aaron Schatz coming up at 930. So plenty of time until then for your phone calls um, on all of this. Stay tuned. Jody Biasi, Jeremy and Joe, this is WGR. Quick segment. Then we'll take a timeout, and then we'll get to you, Tom, on the other side. Just saw a tweet on... Comparisons between the Allen-Mahomes rivalry and the Brady-Manning rivalry or the Colts-Patriots versus the Bills and Chiefs. A lot of similarities. This is from at Mexico Marty on Twitter. The start of the rivalry. Endless road games to a house of horrors. The Colts, between 2004 and 2007, they went to New England five times in a row. The Bills went to Kansas City between 2021-2023 five times in a row. Couple of wins, but never in the playoffs. Bills beat the Chiefs twice in the regular season. The Colts beat the Patriots twice in the regular season. Um, The other guy has the rings. Brady had rings at that point. Mahomes had rings. Manning and Allen didn't. Finally, a playoff home game to exercise your demons. When New England finally went to Indy. For a road playoff game in 2007, the Colts won that game 38-34. to Is that the game where Belichick goes for it on fourth down, Kevin Falk? Maybe that's a later game. Either way, Colts won and went on to the Super Bowl. And here's, here's the Bills time. Finally, a home playoff game. 8030550 is the phone number. Back to your phone calls when we return. I also want to play a guessing game with Josh on uh, where these, where the coaches are going to end up. Where's Belichick going to end up? Is Vrabel going to end up somewhere? I think for sure Ben Johnson's going to get a spot. Um, but we'll see. But your phone calls first. Then Aaron Schatz, 930 FTN Fantasy DVOA on uh, the remaining teams in the playoffs. That's all coming up. Jeremy and Joe, Jeremy off today. This is WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.